Though this podcast is hosted by two mental health professionals, We Can't Adult contains our guests and our own personal, potentially biased opinions. We do not claim to be providing therapeutic advice, but rather ideas that you should research yourself further or discuss with a therapist. We are discussing these topics independently from the opinions and beliefs of our employers. We're here. Hi. We're here live with Katie. We're not live. We're We're live for me. Yeah. Um, Well, hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, Welcome back. I, um, yeah, I say not live because um, the pandemic has now kept us from even being socially distanced with masks in the same recording off recording studio. So, yep. That was a very yeah. short lived experience yeah. for us. Yeah. So I'm back to using uh, this horrible headset that shutter really hates. Yep. Um, so I'm, if I sound like garbage, I want everybody to know that it's not shutter. It's me. No, I'm the garbage person. No, no, <laughs> it's no, just your it's, head. It's so ironic because these are my gaming headphones, like they're I know actual that gaming they're headphones. They're too good. They're too good. <laughs> they I pick got up like the, the crappiest. I have the crappiest $20 headphones and they actually are halfway decent. <laughs> that That's life so. for That's being an adult for you. Welcome to We Can't Adult. Welcome. <laughs> that's China. I'm China Boyce. And I'm you Katie. Are. And then I was also, really try- what? I was really trying to do an MFM thing. Oh, God. You you missed the cue. I did. Yeah, that's did. okay. That's all good. I don't think Max, Anyways. I don't think Max follows MFM. I don't think so either, but that's okay. Well, Today we've we got Max, Max Hill here. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. The lovely Notorious? I don't Notorious. know. Notorious. Notorious. Okay. Infamous. Infamous. So for the purposes of this episode and probably going forward we we should. Um, but for yeah. the for the purposes of this episode, I'm gonna um, say, you know, I'm China Boyce. I, I go by she her pronouns. Katie. Um, Katie, I go by she her pronouns. And my name is Max Hill, and um, I don't use they, them pronouns when referring to myself. I use I and me. But (laughs) if other people are talking about me, um, the most respectful way to refer to me is they, them, or their, or their self. Um, And in case you haven't heard of this before, um, you know, it's been around only since about the 14th century. Um, and the, uh, according to earlytranseducation.org, there's a really great explanation of it there. It's a very brief history. Um, but and we're talking about the use of the singular they, them. Yes. The use of the singular they, uh, pre, what's the word? Began centuries before the use of the singular you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And it still exists in most other languages that aren't English. Yeah. Like back in high school, I remember studying French and the proper way to refer to somebody is by using a a they, them when you are giving respect to somebody. Yeah. So like there's the formal or plural, formal or plural, Mm -hmm. vous in French or the informal or singular too. But it's... It's about showing respect. Um, yeah. And so not only is English a, a, a bastard child of a whole bunch of different languages. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and has lost a lot of the beautiful nuances of the original languages that it's derived from. Um, but it's been, especially the quote, proper 
way of speaking. Air quotes. Yeah, sorry. Lots of air quotes. Air quotes. The air yeah, quotes. The listeners will feel way. them. <laughs> yeah, for our. <laughs> um, the the air quotes proper way of 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 speaking and writing was very much sculpted. Let's see. The universal he was predominantly in use for about 100 years before the usage began to fall off in the 1970s with the rise of women's lib. But in the late 1800s, there was a backlash against the singular they in favor of using he as a universal or indefinite pronoun. You especially see this um, in academic usage because who was reading and writing academic papers? Right. Who was allowed to read and write (laughs) academic papers it was men and so the use of he or she in in as like the only proper ways to refer to other people it's only about 200 years old and if you think about the length of the english language um you know we've modern modern english is (laughs) has gone through so many changes more air quotes yeah yeah and i love seeing you nerd out in being in your normal zone of all of this fun stuff. I yeah. will say that a hundred percent I am for lack of a better word, blessed by the fact that I did have max, you know, it was never max's job to teach me these things, but right. they, they were graceful enough to put up with my dumb questions. Kisses. Um, <laughs> So, because I've actually known Max for, we figured out 13 years because yep. we met in college. Wow. So, yeah. So I was actually able to be taught these things as in a lot of ways, Max was discovering them about themselves. Yeah. So that was part of it is that we were having these really in-depth conversations about things that Max was trying to figure out while I was just trying to be there and to understand (laughs) so (laughs) and and I think I think what's been helpful for some people is like I remember I was struggling with this in college and one of my friends was like we don't know what you are but we love you and that's what matters and it was like okay so I'm not the only one that doesn't have a clue what the hell I am and (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't until um, I looked this up. So there was an episode of Invisibilia where the host speaks with a, a gender fluid person and it was released in early 2015. And I, and I was like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm putting my hands on the table and like my eyes are going really wide. And I was like, what? This exists. There's other people like me. And I, like, used, like, I was, like, gender fluid. What is this? And I, like, Googled the shit out of it. And so I think that that is a great conversation to talk about when we do our full interview with you. Yes. Yes. I don't want to ruin that because your story is fantastic. And I've been, you know, it's been a fantastic ride with you for part of it. So. um, And that's actually a really good time for me to add that. We are starting now um, going to be cutting these episodes into two parts. So our interview with Max is going to get its own kind of spotlight, which is really exciting. Um, It is super exciting for you guys because it means that we're getting uh, uh, two episodes a month. Yeah, especially for Justine, who specifically was like, I can't wait to hear you guys next week. And we were like, ooh, bummer. So. so it'll be exciting for Justine, hopefully. Um, and yeah, so we're going to, at the end of this episode, another air quotes episode, um, we're going to say, see you later to you guys. And we'll pick back up in two weeks um, to hear. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm seeing things going on in the background of our Zoom. And yeah. it's I'm mostly watching Max's me. face. <laughs> Anyways, I apologize. So, so yeah, so definitely um, I'm really excited now that we've gotten a sneak peek. I mean, of course, Katie's already had a sneak peek of some of your story, but um, I'm excited because that was my first sneak peek. Um, but uh, let's jump into our 
adulting fails. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a great time for adulting fails because this is coming out the day after American Thanksgiving. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, which is par for the course of what our theme for today is when it comes to rejection, but we'll get there. Speaking of so. failure, Thanksgiving just happened. Yep. <laughs> that thing, we're all in quarantine. Most people weren't able to go see anybody other than those in their household. So <sighs> my fail is actually not related to Thanksgiving at all. Okay. I want to hear it. Um, so I do need to give like a little bit of backstory, especially maybe for Max who doesn't know me at all. Um, so I have a, I have a very serious crippling fear of, um, death and dying. It's part of the reason that I am on anxiety medication um, because so I, I also have um, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and one of my obsessions is is death. Um, so I so it's something that I struggle with significantly, and so <laughs> um, my my fail for this episode is that uh, I was having kind of a rough night, um, and you know, when I'm having, when I'm having like a, a rough mental health night, my meds don't work as well as they do when I'm, you know, when I've got all my spoons, so to speak. Um, so Zeb and I, <laughs> in an effort to like stabilize me, we decided to watch The Good Place. Um, it's a show that I've really loved the whole, the entirety that we've watched it, I've really loved it. But and I, it's, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been funny and lighthearted. Well, we watched the series finale and I won't spoil the series finale, but what I will say is that it, it gets real. Um, the series finale is uh, more serious maybe than the rest of the show. And I had a complete meltdown like I left the room which is that's my that's my um, fear response when we talk about fight flight or freeze my my response is flight 100% of the time if I could have gotten in my car and left I probably would have Um, but I instead went to the bedroom and I just like silently sobbed Um, (laughs) and then I came back out and I was like I can't watch this Um, so I have not finished (laughs) the show that we've been watching for years now and I probably won't. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that's it. But I mean, so um, another thing that we've talked about is is in an effort to not be such bummers um, in one episode, we were going to talk about, you know, what we've kind of learned. Um, I can't say <laughs> I can't say that I've learned anything from this situation, but a, a reframe that is possible is that um, I was protecting myself by leaving yeah. the situation, um, and so and so while it doesn't feel good, and I still kind of laugh at myself and tease myself for not being able to watch a sitcom, um, <laughs> which is partially comedy. Um. Hey, guess what? I can't watch hardly any comedies because of the awkward humor. Um, Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I was I was gonna actually gonna say like, thank you for taking care of yourself in such a good way. And not like Mm -hmm. making yourself sit through that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Can you tell I've hung out with a lot of therapists over the years? (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah, not just me, but um, <laughs> I have yeah, two therapists get... right now. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, they're wonderful. Um, which um, tangent? Uh, my I had a lovely conversation with my sister, and she repeated back to me. The exact same thing I've been telling her for years that her therapist had told her recently. (laughs) And she had like the light bulb moment. And I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes our therapist, you know, us therapist folks are like, you know, we know what we're talking about. (laughs) I get so passive aggressive when people do that to me. I'm like, oh, my God, that's genius. I wish I'd thought of that. (laughs) I let it go. I let it go. 
I'm just thankful <laughs> that she's seeing somebody because we all need it. Yep. <laughs> we Absolutely. all do. And she, her brain has very similar chemistry as mine. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so who else failed this week? Oh, I'm sure all of us did. So, <laughs> um, I have another one that probably isn't a fail, but to me, it felt like a fail because I, um, I did go back to working entirely remotely this past week and a half. And that was a decision that caused me a lot of anxiety and agony because I truly feel like I'm failing everybody I'm working with, coworkers, clients, everybody, because I can't, I couldn't manage my own mental health around going to work and having the rise in COVID cases. Mm -hmm. So even though I have some clients that really would make more progress if I was there in person. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've been struggling with. I have the, I know it's me taking care of myself, which is helpful because I felt a lot better this past week and a half um, after I made that decision, but the guilt's still there. Mm -hmm. And it still makes me feel like I'm failing at my job. So. Well, you're not. I know. I know I'm not, but it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, again, I'm going to say, like, thank you for taking care of yourself, but in, like, a completely <laughs> different way, but also still the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still, like, removing yourself from a situation that, you know, was damaging to your mental health and your ability to help other people. Right. Um. And... Yeah, and it wasn't a decision that I made in a vacuum. You know, mm-hmm. this was something that I talked to other people about, including my supervisor, because when you're a therapist, you have a supervisor that makes sure that you're taking care of yourself and doing the right things with your clients. So they're there to kind of bounce these things back at you in mm-hmm. a helpful way. So um, I'm glad that you have this, that support. Like, to be able yeah. to make that decision and be able to work remotely at all. Like, I'm Absolutely. really glad. We are so fortunate to have such supportive supervisors. Like, I, I think about that every day. Absolutely. Everybody asks me, like, well, why don't you work closer to home? This is mostly my partner who's like, well, you could make more money and work closer closer to home if you worked for school or something. And I'm like, no, nope, 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 <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I would rather have my hour commute mm-hmm. if, than give up what I have. <laughs> yeah. So. Max, did yeah. you fail? <laughs> <laughs> um. So y'all can see that pile of, of clothes right there, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. A bit. So it's taken me a week to wash and I'm not done putting away my laundry yet. I mean, some of those are like clothes I've worn once, but like they're like outer layers. Like I could wear them again. I just need to put them away. But like that, but I don't really feel as bad about that. Cause like I have a giant bed that the dog sleeps on, sleeps on most of the time. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got some things in common. I feel like more in keeping with like, what else we've had going on, like, the rest of this conversation, I I was feeling really agitated most of this week and couldn't really identify why. And I thought it was, like, and I, I was, like, staying up late a lot of nights this week, which my mental health doesn't let me do. And my, like, immune system doesn't let me do or doesn't let me get away with these things. So... Um, and so I was like, really like distracting myself all the time with like, like, like seeking out like various types of distractions. Couldn't put my phone down, like couldn't like just sit kind of in the emptiness and, and let myself figure out what it was that was going on Mm -hmm. until last night. And then, you know, I like sort of occurred to me as I was reading like a fic that was like just full of characters that were really like one has, um, what is the, the, the disorder where you p- pluck out all your hair? And then another one was like uh, trichotillomania. 
trichotillomania, um, <laughs> that, and then another person has ADHD, and another person was autistic, and I'm just like, ah, ah, I was just like seeped in all these anxieties, and I was like, ah, and like, I had enough space to be able to go, wait a second, where was I exactly a year ago? It was like I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like sitting at my brother's house because he's gone. I went I was like going to go see his cat to feed her and spend some time with her. And I'm like sitting here like, oh, a year ago I was helping one of my partners who had just been broken up with by her, like one of her other partners. And I had a partner who was like about to leave for Peru for a trip and like but she and I had just had like a thing, a whole thing about like her misgendering me in a really not great way. And I wasn't over it in like the two days that she wanted me to be over it. And I wasn't ready to hold space for her right before she was going to go on this trip. And I was much more, and it was much more important to take care of the mental health of the person right in front of me um, who didn't have a lot of support at that moment. And it was like, and, and just like the, the, the like disregard for my own safety and well-being and my boundaries um like that's where i was in that moment i was like oh <sighs> like you know took some deep breaths and like oh that's where i was a year ago mm-hmm. that's why yeah. i've that's that's part of the reason why i've been like fighting so hard to distract myself all week with things that Nobody actually remembers. aren't distracting yeah or, yeah the the, the body remembers and it was like oh okay and like just being yeah. able to like sit with that and I like I told my partner that's in the other the other room like because they remember that week I'm like yeah I was like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like okay do you want to read to me a really nice sweet loving story while I cooked dinner I was like yes this sounds great <laughs> I just oh <laughs> no. yep I'm glad so. you were able to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I, I'm glad I was too. Cause I was like, why am I so like frazzled and like, and I, and I wasn't making it any better. Like I was, I was anxious and like frustrated and feeling frustrated and then like, like doing things that weren't helping mm-hmm. and, and just continuing that cycle. And then like, I had just a few minutes alone with a cat. <laughs> I was like, Oh, <laughs> everything is better <laughs> they they it's can do so, that it's so funny because like um I got really into April Dinwoody um she's a I think I've talked to her about her on this podcast before but she's a transracially adopted um woman who speaks on adoption now and she's she did a whole a, a whole um presentation on like the calendar and just being aware of like the important moments in the calendar. Um, and that learning that made it so that like now when I work with people, if they're like, I'm feeling this way and I don't know why, or my kid's feeling this way and I don't know why I'll be like, I'll go through the usual, like did anything happen this week? Did anything blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be like, well, what was happening a year ago? Mm-hmm. Um, or like if I know about something, I'm like, so when did their mom, when did their mom die? Like what, what date was that? Um, so it is, it's important because those, even if your brain isn't aware of it, I know that around the time of year that my dad died, I feel it every time. Like I wake up with, with that kind of weight. Um, it's serious. It's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and now you're saying that I'm like, oh, it was, the, it was in the fall that my parents got separated um Mm -hmm. about 18 years ago maybe 19 years ago and it's like oh yeah okay what else happened in the fall oh yeah and then in the (laughs) fall um you know I was figuring out where I was going to be living after you know my partner of 12 years wanted me to move out and uh you know I was like (laughs) gosh (laughs) yeah so it's not all pumpkins and sweaters for you oh no No, that's (laughs) yeah I get that every December Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like I get bombarded with the anniversary of my dad's death and then like clockwork my mom tends to go and get sick I shouldn't say go and get sick she tends to get sick in December (laughs) so then Mm -hmm. like I have all of these anniversaries of every time that I've had to rush to the hospital to Mm -hmm. make sure she's not dying 
Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good My to be aware. My family has of declared March the cursed month. <sighs> My birthday's in March. Like, oh, it's a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer. My dad. My dad. Um passed in March and then a year later almost to the date my aunt completed suicide um and then (laughs) this isn't funny but and then a year later my one of my cousins went into the hospital with a um aneurysm and we were like we were like well if if history's told us anything this isn't gonna fare well but he's fine he he made it Okay, so good. yeah, March. We just don't talk about March. Sorry. <laughs> it's, no, it's fine. It's fine. You're, Let's call it something else this year. Yeah. Um, wait, I could hold on. I so I took a Mohawk language class a couple weeks ago, um, nice. and I for for like my own education, like to keep to like retain or like build on it. Um, I I have. I'm a graphic designer, so for funsies, I make myself my own planner. Um, nice. And <laughs> so I've been um, – so I made a planner that, like, the months and the days of the week are all in Ganyangaha, which is the Mohawk language. Um, but I'm about to open up the design program, and it didn't work um, because I have too <laughs> many things running on my computer right now to record this podcast. Well, send us a picture later and we'll, we'll pop do. it up on the Instagram. Yeah. So, because um, I think when we go on break, there's something else that we'll have to show you. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, um, maybe this is a good time for us to stop for a quick break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, should we, we all say back? break? Break. Break. Hey, Katie. Yeah? So, you know how when we're talking about self-care and mental health, we we want to kind of include all of the things that make us feel better, which is like sleep, drinking enough water, eating healthy foods. Right. Another really important thing. have a really yeah. hard time doing. <laughs> exactly. We all really <laughs> struggle with. Well, one of those things is taking care of your body. Um, the gymnasium in Rutland, Vermont, is here to help us take care of our bodies, especially in this really trying time. They're open Monday through Thursday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m., Friday from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., Sunday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's pretty exciting. That is exciting. That's super cool. My question, though, is do they have, like, Zoom classes and stuff? They do, and that's awesome because people like you and I, we're not – able to go into Rutland right now, right. Um, but we can still totally benefit from some of the classes that they offer. Some of those classes are uh, Tambo Cardio Kickbox, Fiercely Chill Yoga with Marnie. That sounds really fun. That does sound really fun. <laughs> Basic Strength, um, Cardio Fusion 45, Pio, which I've been meaning to try. I think that's Pilates and yoga. Um, oh, okay. So I've been meaning to try that. Body Pump. And let's see, there's a yoga flow with Melissa, Melissa Cox. She's wonderful. I love that class. Um, So those are all of the classes that are offered both at the gym and via Zoom. And you can either, you can purchase them individually or you can purchase like a punch pass. Um, Okay. Yeah. So you don't even necessarily have to have a gymnasium membership, though it will benefit you in the long run. Right. So if you just want to try out one class to see if you like it, you can, you know, just pay for the one, see how it goes. Exactly. So definitely check out the gymnasium. Um, they're working really hard to meet gym safety guidelines, and um, those are based off the CDC recommendations. So again, check out the gymnasium. <laughs> check out the gymnasium um, on Cottage Street in Rutland. The gymnasium can be found on the web at thegymnasium.net. They can also be found at Facebook. And you can reach them by phone at 802-773-5333. We're back. We're back. We're back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As some of you might know, the last episode uh, we started how to stop the fear of rejection. I was reading from the Hey Sigmund website, so um, some of it sounded funny, and I'm going to keep reading those now, starting with number six. These are, 
Okay, so that wasn't a sufficient <laughs> reminder. Um, this is a list of ways to combat your fear of rejection and kind of yeah. keep it from stopping you in your tracks. Which is so important because gosh knows this time where we're all interacting with family or in my case, worrying about the terrible, you know, people hating the things that I buy them, um, which isn't oh, what no. happens. It's not what happens, but it's my It's fear. what happens in your head. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So oh, I need boy. these right now. <laughs> I need these right now considering what's happening in, in our lives, and I won't really speak too much to it because it's not really my story to tell. Um, but uh, there yes. are people there are people in my life um, who do not know me and who have decided that they do not like me. Um, and it is having a tremendous impact. Um, mm. And I am, I think of myself, like, I think of that scene from The Office when Pam is like, I can't, I can't stand the thought of people not liking me. <laughs> and she's like, I bet, like, I can't, I don't even like, like thinking that Al-Qaeda doesn't like me. I bet they would like me if they got to know me. Like, that's me. I feel that to my core. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of how I feel in this situation too, even though I know that it wouldn't work. Um, but yes, I need, I need this very much too. Um, so the first one that we're going to talk about today is called make it real. So it says, is it more important that you stay safe or more important that you have a go? Will your life be different if you get what you want? Will, what will happen if you get rejected? Who will care? Who, how important is that to you? What would it be like to give up right now and make the decision to stay safe? What will you miss out on? Understand the full consequences of your decisions and make sh and remember that not making a decision is still making a decision. You spend mm -hmm. so much time on the consequences of not getting what you want. Fears are often faceless. They feel bad but lack substance and are often related to feelings and thoughts that are left over from long ago. Tease them into the sunlight so you can have a good look at them. Then you can decide what to do with them. That's so corny, but I love it. <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah. love this. I love a segment. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You talk about, like, you're coming from a place of, I want everyone to like you. Like, it terrifies you, the idea that anyone would not like you. And I'm like, I come from the baseline that people hate me. And, like, that's just my baseline assumption is that people won't like me. And, like, so when people do like me, I get really confused. Like, no, my brain doesn't. It's so funny that you say that because, like, even though, so even though I come from a space of, like, I need people to like me, I still, like, I kind of teased this out earlier this week because I've been kind of talking through it to everybody in my life. Um, but um, so kind of the the abridged version of, of what was happening was that um, – my my partner had um, my partner had a decision to make. Um, you know, it was kind of between me or or his family, and and I was telling my stepmom that I was fully prepared to have to find a place to live. <laughs> like I was I was fully prepared to not be the decision. Um, and and kind of talking through that with my stepmother, she was like, "What?" And I was like, well, I mean, I don't, I just don't, I can't imagine that I'm worth that. Mm. Oh, worthiness. Worthiness. Oh, That's a big topic. <laughs> Maybe next year. Um, oh my God, right? <laughs> um, if you want me on for that, I have read multiple books about it. Ooh. Um, it's been like, it's been my, my work, capital W, you know, work for like the last three years. I would be interested um, in that because clearly I have some learning to do. Uh, 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 Brene Brown. I love Brene oh, yeah. Brown. Um, she has the book that is um, The Gifts of Imperfection. <gasps> Was absolutely like exactly what I needed. Um, and prior to reading The Gifts of Imperfection, I read Loneliness and Revelation by Brendan Myers, who is a pagan philosopher. Um, very readable, like very. Um, uh, I haven't read any of his more recent works, and he's done some fiction that I, I don't know how I feel about. Um, but his, but that his his philosophy and his like compendiums of pagan works and stuff are really interesting. And in Loneliness and Revelation, it like kind of spoke to where I was at with that 
that feeling of being rejected, of not feeling worthy, like in kind of holding space for that, but while also being like, there's a lot to learn in that loneliness. And that's yeah. a place for self-discovery. And so like, so there was, there was like lessons within it. And once I finished that book, then I started the gifts of imperfection and they like, it may have just been the space I was in at the time, but they like dovetailed beautifully into like, okay, when I'm, when I'm feeling this lonely, there's an emptiness that I can then choose what I want to fill it with. Do I want to fill yeah. it with the same, like, I'm not good enough. Everyone hates me, yada, yada. Or do I want to fill it with, what, oh, fuck it. Like, why not do X, Y, and Z? Why not, like, you know, continue this conversation with this awesome person that I met at a drum circle and say, hey, why don't we go get, I'm hungry. Want, do you want to go get wings? And like, I'm like, I'm still friends with this person. I was like, like, and, and he's like, I never would have done that. I'd be so nervous. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I was hungry and I never would have done this either. But I was like, you know what? What do I have to lose? Yeah. Right. I could continue. I could continue this conversation and have a great conversation and eat great wings. Or <laughs> like they go, you know what? No. I'm like, okay, well, I'm still going to go get wings. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just need yeah. to go eat. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's the potential either way, consequence. You're still gonna eat wings. <laughs> either way, I get great wings. <laughs> and either I eat them by myself, or that I eat them with someone. Well, like, <laughs> <laughs> or or I get to have a great conversation. And that's what we ended up doing. Is we ended up having this great conversation. Close the close the restaurant out, and like continued it. And this is fucking January. Like, I'm allowed to swear, right? Yeah. I'm just checking it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> too late hour in you know <laughs> no that's but. awesome and and what really spoke to me um in that in that paragraph there was um the the action in in action because i that's one thing that really stuck to me um i was i was originally a, a religion and psychology major i was going to dual major um, but mm -hmm. then it turns out there are like not a lot of places that have religion majors. Um, but I had learned about that, that concept of um, inaction still being action. And that was kind of transformative to me because I do think about that a lot when there are difficult decisions to be made um, that not making the decision is not, it's not an act of abstaining it's still it's mm -hmm. still making a decision to not make a decision yeah because yeah. things are still going to happen around you whether you're participating them in, in them or not right yeah so you have to this... decide to be an active participant and make sort of make your own path within what's going to happen mm -hmm. and have control over it or not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah this this comes up a lot in like activist circles yeah. is that you're, if, if there is injustice happening and you choose not to act, your choice is to allow is to continue to allow a system in which this injustice continues. Yep. And, and you have chosen, you, you have made the choice to allow this to perpetuate. Yeah. Okay. That's the whole Instead concept of, behind white silence is violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. you're, you're allowing it to happen, which is just as bad as actually yeah. being the one to perpetuate it. Yeah. And when I was a teacher and we would talk about like bullying mm -hmm. and the role of the, the, the person doing the bullying and then the role of all of the bystanders mm -hmm. and the fact that you have all these people witnessing and doing nothing, they are not neutral. Like when you, when you see injustice, whether it's, whether it's quote, just bullying air quotes, um, or whether it's, you know, active racism or sexism or transphobia or, um, uh, ableism or fat phobia. Like if you see these things or witness them in some way and don't say like, Hey, you don't interrupt it. Mm -hmm then you're perpetu you're allowing it to perpetuate and you're you're allowing the people who are witnessing it to see oh i guess i am like there this is the only way things are right yeah <clears throat> those are really good points 
So even if I, you know, I sort of sometimes will sit back and be like, you know, even if I'm not doing this for myself, right. even if I'm not willing to stand up for myself, what about the people in this room? Yep. Right. So like, even if I can't see a benefit to myself or a, like why I, sh I should do it for my own sake, like my, my years of teaching have, have impressed upon me. Like, what about the other people? Yeah. And like, so, I mean, when I'm in a small, when I'm in a close knit group of friends and we all know each other, like maybe I'll engage in like LGBT jokes because I'm like one of those, like I'm part of the community so I can do that. But it's like, I would never do that in like a public space where like my jokes at my own expense might hurt the person standing across the hallway. Mm -hmm. And also, they're not going to know my life, <laughs> my life. So they're not going to know that I'm like one of those assholes that's like I'm allowed to because I'm. So. That you're doing self-deprecative sort of humor. It and comes I'm off. I'm so as good at it. You yes yes you are, mm -hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah nobody else can tell that that's what you're doing exactly. And that's one thing yeah. that I, like, tried to impress upon other people when I was, like, in high school, too. Like, because it was the same thing. They'd be like, well, I am gay, so I can. And I'm like, no, like, I get that. I get that it doesn't hurt your feelings. <laughs> but you yeah. don't know if there's a kid that's, like, grappling with coming out. And then they hear you mm -hmm. make that joke. And then they go, well, I guess I guess now's not the time. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just bought that Brene Brown book. Um, so I'm excited for that to come. <laughs> as in, as we were talking, or? <laughs> oh, yeah. I see that hand on that mouse. <laughs> yeah, I did. I got it from Barnes & Noble. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. I actually participated in a art journaling book club with that book. Oh, nice. The, one of the local art centers, yeah. Um, and what I really liked about that was I, I'm an artist, I'm a designer. I've never been a doodler. I've never been a, I'm just going to draw things cause I want to draw. Like I either like we would have a plan or I would just shade things in. Yeah. And like, and as we were go doing this like art journaling thing, I was struggling mm -hmm. so much because I'm so used to like journaling with words. So like, I was able to come up with, like, I remember, like, when it, like, sparked. Like, oh, this is what art journaling is. Mm -hmm. And there's so many, like, beautiful images throughout that book that you can, like, take, you know, the the metaphor, the visual metaphor that she talked, that Brené talks about mm -hmm. in the book and expand on it. Like, like, draw a little, like, you know, almost like a... Like a visual aid, yeah, you know, or or like uh um, somehow like pe people use like a visual note taking mm -hmm. structure, and then like draw your own notes around it, of, like for your own personal like what what does it mean to have you know m the moments of joy? Yeah, what what are those things that spark joy? What are those things that um, um are ingredients to a life of you know meaning? What does that mean yeah. for you? And yeah, so sorry. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and so Jenny Lawson, Jenny Lawson's another one of my absolute all time favorite authors. And she came out with an, like a coloring book, um, like an oh. adult coloring book. And it's got like, it's got pages of her writing and then it's got pages of her, of her work. But it, it is, it's almost like that where she kind of pulled out some of the, some of the imagery that she wrote and and created coloring pages and it's just um i haven't colored any of them in because i'm actually really bad at coloring books um i just like to look <laughs> at them and and feel them and then i put it away again um but i do yeah. i really love it despite not using it um <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's why my uh coloring book i got like three years ago for a christmas i only had just recently started coloring in because i was afraid of ruining it yeah <laughs> yeah that's my problem is I'm like I'm like I what if I color it wrong yeah <laughs> and then I gave it to a six-year-old oh nice well that's I, nice not gift. I didn't literally give it to her 
it was something that I did with her as sort of a, you're bored, let's color. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I was very easily able to let go after that because there was, even though she was very good at coloring in the lines, it'd be like, mm, there's like three different colors inside that cat. <laughs> but there were like three different, very different shades of orange. All right. And I'm like, because oh, cool. like, she would be like, oh, I think this is the one I was using. It wasn't. Kids. <laughs> they don't understand aesthetics. Nope. Nope. But it helped me let that go anyways. That was a great discussion. Um, <laughs> it was tangential, but I loved it. Yeah. Um, number seven, let your fear win. And then it says, okay, stay with me. When deciding whether or not to take a risk, we spend our time between what it would be like to get what we want and what it would be like to be rejected. But it's all speculation. What we don't do is feel what it would be like to not take the chance at all. The force to move comes from fully experiencing what is. Decide not to take the risk. Decide to let go of what you want and spend some time fully experiencing what it's like for you. Walk away, turn your back, and feel it. Really feel it. It's very unlike. It's very likely that if something is really important to you, deciding to walk away without fighting for it will feel really bad. So bad mm. that you'll be motivated to take the chance because as bad as rejection might feel, giving up on something you really want will feel worse. I have a great example of this. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Do it. All right. So... After like my first six months of grad school, I was told by one of my supervisors that maybe I should quit my program. <laughs> maybe I, what? Should, I shouldn't, that I'm not cut out for it. Yep. So I actually mm. went through this, you know, mind, you know, activity of like, okay, well, what happens if I decide to just give up? Well, then mm-hmm. I would not have everything I have today. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck that person. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and I think it was more meant to kind of spur me to do the things I needed to to gain the confidence to be an effective therapist. Because when I was in college, um, Max will remember this, I was not nearly as outspoken as I am now. Um, no way. <laughs> okay. I was be I was very well known for being quiet, uh-huh. um, which I'm still kind of shaking off that as my own self image because that's not who I am now after years of therapy and self growth, and that was part of what I think that comment was supposed to help, sort of help me look into of like okay well. You either are fully committed, in which case you need to grow and change, or you need to just let this dream go. Yeah, well, I'm so. really glad if that's if that's the method that they were taking. I'm glad that it worked, and yep. that you weren't no, just like, the professor, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> knowing the professor, yes, and I was distraught by it. Absolutely, of like, this is something that I had spent four years of undergrad working towards, and then got mm-hmm. into grad school and it's been at least six months of grad school working on so and this was like my life dream yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah so it's... I found like I had that experience of like what happens if I don't succeed in this that feels awful so I'm going to try and make the changes that this person thinks I need to to mm-hmm. be successful yeah so yeah, I'm I'm glad that worked for you. Yeah. Um Yeah. Um, I'm glad too. Oh my god, I can't imagine all these kids that wouldn't have had you. Yeah. Um this this makes me think of the, you know, if it's not hell yes, then it's a no. Because there's the other side of it is that what if you go through the thought experiment of what would happen if you don't take that risk? And you realize, you know what? I'm not actually that hurt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, th- that has been a big thing for me is that I used to kind of live in a world of regret. Mm-hmm. And so then I started, like, there was the, like, okay, like, what am I going to, like, what if I just, like, say, hey, let's continue this conversation over Great Wings. And then there's been other things, like, um, 
you know, there was, there was this like festival sort of thing that I had gone to and I had met someone that I was, you know, dating a year later and I'm looking at going to this festival again. And, you know, like I was, I realized, I was like, you know what, this is not a, I'm, I'm not a hell yes in going. And it's for, you know, these X, Y, and Z reasons. And you know what? I would I would much rather someone else had my spot. Someone else that really needs this. Yeah. I would much rather they have my spot. And that would bring me more joy, especially since I like I like I just knew there was someone who really wanted to go and they weren't like they the the tickets had been sold out or something. And the and the volunteer slots were full and I was like, "You know what? Actually, I would prefer not." Yeah. And so and I think about how if someone had stopped me during my grad program and been like, is this really what you want? Is, is, is teaching in a K through 12 school really what you want? Yeah. I had made the decision to, to teach, in, teach in school in a K through 12 school in eighth grade. Wow. I made the decision to teach art in a K through 12 school in 11th grade. I made my decision for what college I was going to go to and my and my and the, how I was going to go through my BFA and my MA in my senior year of high school. So for six years, I did not question this process yeah. that I had made a decision on before I was eighteen. <laughs> yeah, and then you ended up doing it and then questioning all of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, what would have been different if somebody had given you? the feedback that I had been given and you had looked at it and be like, well, this isn't a hell, hell yes for me anymore. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that might Definitely. be an interesting mental exercise for like either way. Like mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a failure if you don't do it and it's not a failure. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just kind of figuring it out and, and coming out on the other side alive and thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, you know, I'm still dealing with the trauma of my of my, you know, first two years of teaching. Like, I haven't actually talked about that with either of my therapists yet. We haven't gotten there yet. You got enough other stuff. Oh my god. Terrace <laughs> knows. Yeah. Well, you know, when you are living with somebody that is in training to be a therapist, you get all the the pros and cons of that. <laughs> I mean, I, I tried not to dump on you. I know yeah. that you were, I know you all tried, like there was like three of you that were psych majors. Yeah. Like, and, and like, here I am being like, oh, isn't this fascinating? You like psychoanalyze your friends and Harris is like, no. <laughs> I know. At that's that what, point in people time, People think yeah. that's all we do. Like, honestly, people think that if you're a therapist, that's all you're doing is like you're psychoanalyzing people or like figuring out ways to manipulate people. And it's really not. Yeah. You get the one of, you get one of two of like, oh, you know about this? I'm going to tell you way too much information about yeah. myself that I, that you never even care, cared to know in your entire life. Um, mm -hmm about a stranger or I'm going to keep you at arm's length because you're going to start psychoanalyzing me, which I know no one can actually do in the, in a half hour conversation. But anyways, <laughs> psychoanalysis anything, takes years. <laughs> if anything, I might nerd out and talk to Zeb about brains and brain function because I do yeah. really love brains, but I'm not like <laughs> going to perform like brain surgery on him. So it's all good. Right. Yeah. Or anybody, because I didn't go to school for surgery. That's good. Yeah. It's not that hard. Okay. Um, on that note, yeah. on I that mean... note, don't hesitate. Take a breath and jump. <laughs> we turn so much of life into a waiting game, waiting for the right time, the right day, the right moment, the right feeling, the right one. These are all the excuses we call on to feel better about not taking the chance that might lead to the very thing we want. Waiting breaths, waiting breathes life go. into fear. It's one moment. Don't make it bigger than that. Because if that one moment does, doesn't go as planned, you'll be fine. You really will. Because it's one moment of so many more to come. 
When it comes to the things that ignite you, there are risks that will always be worth taking. The risk you might miss out on by waiting too long isn't one of them. So it's kind of funny um, because one of the things that Zeb pointed out when we first started dating was that when we played games, like platformer games together, um, like Unraveled is one that we played together a lot when we first got together. Um, and one thing that he pointed out is that I'm the one who always runs and jumps off the edge of the cliff, just kind of like <laughs> assuming that there's going to be something for me to grab onto. Um, and it usually works out. <laughs> he's the one He's the one who stands back and he like checks. He's like, okay, is there a branch? Is there a thing? Like, let me analyze my... And it's been three years and I'm going to tell you that I continue to just jump. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of... We balance each other out in that way. Um, but that's what it made me think about. And like, and it's funny because I don't just... I don't jump into most life situations, but I guess I am not you, necessarily you afraid are... of it. You are more likely to try a new thing than your partner is. Yep. He's more likely to try and figure out all the pros and cons before even putting a toe in. Oh, we're so another classic example of that is um, Zeb might mention passively that we should get a cat tree um, for my cat to scratch, and I'm already online. And I'm like, this one, great. I'll put it in the car. And he's like, well, well, wait a second. <laughs> and then it becomes like a four month. Every time he brings it up, he's like, maybe we'll get a cat tree. And I'm like, this one, K, ordering it. And he's like, no, I don't. <laughs> we still don't. Yeah, like one. you've already, like you've already bought the gifts of imperfection. <laughs> like, I like do. it's already on its way. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where and I'm, I am so much not that <laughs> except for like I have a, a span of time I don't know why it's this way but like between May and July where I will do that mm. like I, I'm able to do that and then like every other time of the year I'm just like nope 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 <laughs> well, I'll just think about this you know put this in my bookmarks <laughs> it's so interesting that that like you have like a little period of time I've noticed it over the last, like, four years. This is how I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's yeah. probably better for your bank account, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, Harris no I think Harris knows me about this. Like, I don't spend money. <laughs> yep. There is I a don't reason regret why. It. <laughs> I never regret well, it. <laughs> so, so it's interesting. The computer that I'm talking to y'all on. I bought this computer in two hours. Wow. And I have never regretted it. I, I found I was about to start teaching at the college um, that I went to school at, and I was going to be teaching a graphics course. Um, and so I needed one. I was teaching a graphics course. Harris is like, what? <laughs> oh, no, um, you told me about this last year. Yeah. yeah, and I, like, I was, like, and I realized that my computer had been fried in a in a, in a, uh, a thunderstorm. Oh. Like, I hadn't turned it on in months, and I go to turn it on, and it's fried. I was, like, well, crap. And, um, it, like, I had just updated the RAM, and, like, you know, so I could s sort of do a couple things on it. But I was, like, okay, I have, I have some money from my last semester teaching, um, you know, and from, from that I had saved up from when I was teaching. Okay. Um, and my brother went with me and we went to the Apple store and I bought this like giant computer. I was like, I, I like, I'm leaving the store. I'm like, what did I do? Like, I just spent like two and a half thousand dollars on this thing. What was I thinking? And I was like, ah, well, maybe I'll just return it in a week or something, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, like rational people do. Like, oh, do rational people not do that? I don't know. I'm not a rational person. Yeah, I wouldn't know the answer to that. Um, and and like, you know, we had a sales guy that was like really like talking me through all the different things, and you know, I, I even like up until like maybe 
a couple years ago, I was still sort of questioning, like, did I make the right decision? Did, was this a good use of my money? And because there was, like, another computer that I could have bought for, like, another $500. And, like, yeah, it was, like, a tower but didn't come with a screen, yada, yada. And one of my former housemates is a big, like, Mac nerd. And he was like, no, 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 you made the better decision. Because, like, they're, they're not even selling those towers anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like, the computer that you got, like, he looked at my, like, I had the box, like, I was moving in and he looked at the box and he was like, is this what's in here? He starts, like, reading the label and he was like, I think I might have computer envy. This has never <laughs> happened before. And I was like, it's like, that up a little straighter, like, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, and so every once in a while I will think back to that and be like, you know, I don't, I never like exactly regretted it, but I was never sure that it was the right decision until like that moment when it was like, oh, okay. Someone who knows what they're talking about is like, oh yeah, you totally made the right decision. Like that's like, that's how this played out. Yeah. Yeah. I get that sometimes with like, I, I will, I will jump into extracurriculars or or other commitments and then I'll be like what am I doing like (laughs) and then like I do kind of need that validation that like I made the right decision but I also I think that your situation I think that speaks to just like trusting your gut I hate that saying but like I think that there is something there to like trusting yourself and trusting trusting your ability to make good decisions um I know that we're learning a lot about that in like test taking. They say like usually your first like go usually you should go with your first um, with your first choice because second guessing yourself is when you start to like spiral out of control. Um, yep. mm-hmm. But I think that's applicable to like life generally speaking. If you if you're mm-hmm. a rational person, I guess <laughs> then like trusting Who's like that? just trusting yourself. Yeah. Um, <sighs> number nine was written by Chumbawamba, I think. Um, it's so it's trust your capacity to cope. If you get knocked down, you'll get up again. I get knocked down, <laughs> but I get up again. And we don't and have never gonna keep me down. I, oh, sh- but I'm singing it. <laughs> I think that I think that we'll be okay with that. Do you want me to like change the the, the no, key? No, it's fine. I don't think <laughs> we're saying it for long maybe. enough. <laughs> so you'll cope you really will don't believe your head if it tries to tell you otherwise it's just trying to keep you safe you'll always be stronger than you think you are that that kind of speaks to like the last episode where we were talking about like how you're not going to die which i definitely still feel that sometimes but our logic brain tells us that we're not gonna die Nope. Got to put on that logic brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Last one before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thoughts, feelings, and action. What we do is driven by three things. Thoughts, feelings, and action. The mistake we make is letting thoughts and feelings rule the day. The feeling is fear. Mm. And yeah, it's a big one. But so is courage. That sense of feeling stuck comes when thoughts are allowed to build up fear more than courage thoughts are sly Mm. little ponies (laughs) (laughs) if you've ever if you've ever seen a horse try to not follow directions no i get this like i'm glad you get this because horses have front legs and back legs and they work independently (laughs) and they can try to like scoot their back end out of line and not stay where you want them to be. No, this makes complete sense yes. to me. Perfect. I'm so glad you're here. Yep. Because so. like they'll they'll like you'll try to hold them here and they'll like start doing trying to do this, <laughs> like to like move out of line with you and like go wherever they want to go. No, like yeah, they're sly. So yeah. So thoughts are sly little ponies that make, <laughs> that make feelings bigger than some of them deserve to be. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. I want a t-shirt. Thoughts are sly little ponies. <laughs> Make a red bubble. Do you need a graphic designer? <laughs> well, I, we don't, but we could. No. We can have you guys partner on it. There you go. Uh, High five. Woo. Behavior is often driven automatically by thoughts and feelings, but it doesn't have to be. 
The key to doing something differently is to be more deliberate. Separate thoughts, feelings, and actions. See them for what they are and make more conscious decisions. You can think scared, feel scared, and act brave. Sometimes it's good mm-hmm. to let your heart lead the way. Your head will catch up when it's ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like that. One of my children's books, which is written by Hey Sigmund, so it makes sense. Um, <laughs> but one of my children's books says that, like, you can feel scared and still act brave. Yeah. 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 Um, something, something that I learned um, a few years ago there's like a couple things that are coming to mind right now. And one of them is, so whenever I feel awkward in a given situation, I learn to just say, hey, guess what? I feel awkward right now because mm-hmm. of blah, blah, blah. And then it just sort of like, like the monkey mind is stops being in my head. Yeah. And it's now like, and if I feel awkward, probably somebody else does too. And yeah. like, the, and even if they don't at that moment, they can empathize. Yeah. And so like, so I'm not like sitting in the stew of I feel awkward. Like, mm-hmm. the first time I – this was three years ago. I, like, went to read poetry the fir- for the first time in six years. I'd written the poem the day before, and, like, I was like, I feel awkward because I'm reading a poem off of my phone. And the last time I was reading poems out loud, I didn't have a cell phone. Like, <laughs> I read off of paper. So I have no idea what I'm doing with this thing. And then I just read my poem. <laughs> I went right, right into it. And it was like, okay, fine. Like, it, was, yeah. it wasn't a big deal. Because I had, like, just, like, I'm, like, I had made the decision that I was going to do this, that it was important to me. But my brain was, like, I don't know what to do. And, like, then the fear was happening. I was, like, okay, we're not, no. We're, we're just going to do this and dive into it. And I remember thinking, also, there was another book I was reading. I think it's More Than Two. Um, Franklin Vo is a douchebag, but Eve Rickard is great. So this is probably from Eve. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, so it talks about how courage is um it's like a compass direction it's not a place and so if you stop acting courageously it's sort of more like if you're aiming towards north and you find yourself oh shoot i've been walking you know northwest for the last hour well i can always keep heading i can i can always change my heading to north and 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 go towards north again and it's, it's not like, oh, I'm, it's not, a, it's like, the like courage isn't a place you can get to. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a direction you move in. I like that. That's beautiful. I didn't come up with it. I, I still, <laughs> I, I like the way you said it. I like the delivery. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for this discussion, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime you want me to come back. How about in two weeks? All right. Sounds good. <laughs> but, but also, like, just stay here. Okay. <laughs> I won't go anywhere. Um, but thanks to everybody who listened to this um, half of our episode. Mm-hmm. And come back next week where you're going to hear Max um, share their story. And, uh, and then that's when we'll thank everybody who contributed to this podcast. So... Maybe we'll mention your name. You'll have to listen to find out. Maybe.